in your Bible to the book of Genesis. Let's go like to the first verse or the second verse in the whole Bible. Genesis one, verse two. So I'm going to change the name of this series that I've been doing for six sessions. I told you I was going to. Uh, in instead of the series being I am a dreamer, I am a dreamer. Are you a dreamer? Melissa talked about our imagination, how powerful that is. You can use it for evil or you can use it for increase. But uh, I want to go back to that verse that the Lord Jesus asked his disciple guys. He says, but who do you say that I am? And we're going to change it and we're going to call this series whatever we want to. But we're going to say, who do I say that I am? Who do you say that you are, family? That is who you will be. And you're going to say who you are, not based on some desire and some uh, lofty thing that says, well, if I could do anything I wanted, I'd do this or I'd have that. The image inside of us is setting that. So all we can do is not wish. What we can do is we can build the image inside of us. And then that's who we will say that we are. So you're only as wealthy. You're only as supplied as you see yourself inside. So you may say the say and, and walk the walk, talk the talk. But the walk is what you see inside. That's what's guiding us. That's what's leading us. That encompasses the whole future of your life. So in Genesis chapter one, let's find out how to do that. It says in the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So this is pre-creation, isn't it? This is what happened before creation. He said, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So I looked that up in the Amplified, and the Amplified says, The earth was without form in an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the great deep. Now listen to this. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, and brooding over the face of the waters. Now why do you all think that this is important? Why do you think that God would say, I want you to hear that? when there's just a lot of important stuff in the book of Genesis, why would he talk about the procedure that he did before he turned the sun loose and before he turned light loose? Uh, it might have relevance. I looked in the today's English version. It says the power of God was moving over the water. Isn't that interesting? We all know that. The Living Bible says the Spirit of God was brooding over the dark vapors. That's kind of descriptive, isn't it? The Spirit of God was brooding over the dark vapors. But if you go to the Passion, you get to the real stuff. And uh, not so much what was in the Passion. If you look it up, you may go, where did he get that? Well, you look down in the footnote, where he and the footnote's this long on verse 2 of Genesis 1, and it talks about this word uh, brooding or moving over the face of the deep. And the passion, uh, it's explained, the word that is explained as hovered. Have you ever, ever heard that word hovered in Genesis 1? That the Spirit of God hovered over the void of darkness. So something was going to happen that required hovering. Why, God, God's God. Why can't He just do it any way He wants to? It must be that all creation follows a protocol, a pattern, a design that even God can't circumvent. That we're actually doing it the way He did it. 
instead of him doing it like he tells us to do it. The word means gently vibrated. Can you imagine the Holy Ghost gently vibrating over the dark, the deep? It means to incubate. What is an incubation? When a, when a bird incubates or anything incubates an egg, it, it, it's waiting for it to form. And it's providing something that it needs. Brood. It means to flutter. The Spirit of God fluttered over the dark, the deep waters. It means to gently move with gentle wavering. So you kind of get a, a, a sense of that. It means to be relaxed as a mother caring for her young. This is all in the Hebrew. The, the author of the Passion brings this out of the Hebrew, that it was to be relaxed. The Holy Ghost was relaxed as a mother over uh, caring for her young. It's a bridegroom hovering over his bride, just fixing to do something wonderful. It's used, the word is used as the overshadowing the Virgin Mary had to bring his perfect man into the world. Y'all remember over there in, in uh, the, the Gospels, it said she was overshadowed. It's the act of God's Spirit dancing over the waters on creation's morning. Now, this is a lot of detail. This is a lot of, like, what, what is all this about? God came in, and he saw a mess, and he said, light be. But there was a stage or a part before that that he thought was necessary to do and then necessary to explain. So in verse 3, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. The uh, contemporary English version says, I command light to shine, and light started shining. I, it seems like God's laying down a pattern of how he wants us to operate. Uh, the message says God spoke light and light appeared. So I want to take this because I was real excited about it yesterday. I didn't get it till yesterday about this brooding business, this hovering, this vibrating, this gently moving as a mother and as a bridegroom and, uh, and all those things. Uh, but it seems that there's a pattern here where the, the act of creation for everything is fixed. It's not like just say light be or just say money come or whatever. That there's a preliminary process that's attached to that that makes it work. That you have to put the key in the lock before you turn it. There's a procedure. There's something there. And so I, I studied this and do what you want and listen how you care. But I came up with four things that, that have to happen before something's created. And if we knew those, then possibly we could apply these four things to everything in our future and we'd have better success. And that if you leave out a stage and says, what difference does it make? Just a detail. God knows my heart. He knows I need it. He knows he wants me to have it. No, 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 no. But I've been saying that if you want Bible results, you got to do Bible protocol. If you do it like the Bible says, you'll have what the Bible says. That's where the amen goes. It's like, okay, is he detailed? Oh, God is very detailed. He hides it from the 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 lost the sinner the the rebel the rebellious man he hides it from them by putting these little nuances in it 
that they're not willing to follow. They, they, they want to give so that so they'll get rich. But there's a there's an element in that giving that we know about where you've got to have a cheerful heart. You can't just do it as a business and other things like that. So the first thing I came up with about God's plan of creation was that you got to look and listen. The, the Lord stopped and he looked. And then we also have to listen. What does Holy Ghost say? What is he saying? It might be good to listen to see what he wants done instead of what we think needs to be done. You ever had that come across you like, well, this needs to happen, so let's just do it this way. It might be that there's an alternate deal. Then what we talked about last week was meditating and brooding. That there's a, there's a process where in creating something, you, you, you stop and you look and you listen, and then you brood or hover or meditate or that word that says vibrate or uh, 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 gentle wavering. Now, we want to get right to it. If we need money or we need a job or we need something, we want to get right to it. Let's, let's, just, let's just say, okay, you know, job B, and let's just call it in and get it done. But it could be that we want to send our, our faith out there in a refined form, in a precision or a surgical form, Instead of just sending a big old claw hammer out there just to bash our way through, it could be that we could get better results. Number three is uh, I came up with is to choose and speak. In other words, you could speak a lot of things. Uh, we know that when you're praying for something, a lot of times the longer that you pray, the less you know. You're just trying to do one of those tests like we all took in high school where you just try to snow the instructor and just and, you know, they ask you a question. So you write the whole front and the back page hoping that something sticks. Well, it could be that the longer you pray means you don't know and that we could know. So we should stop and choose what to say. And speak. That would be number three. Choose and speak. When we pray for someone to be healed or speak to that, you know, there's some wrong things that you can do that'll make your faith ineffective. Like asking God to do something that he says he's already done. That would be foolish. So you'd have to stop and choose your words because God has got a plan for us to pray prayers that he's already answered. Wouldn't that be the best kind to pray? And then the last thing, of course, in faith is to possess or to rest where you put it down, where you say, I say it's finished. I've released my faith. I've I've pulled the trigger. The, the, the bullet has come out of the gun, as it were, hit the target and I'm done. There's no more pulling. There's no more uh, waving. There's so first of all, look and listen. Secondly, meditate and brood. Thirdly, choose and speak. And fourthly, possess and rest. Now let's, let's just think a moment. Remember the story that we started out with seven weeks ago or seven times ago where we talked about Joseph coming out of his tent one day after he'd had a dream saying, I had a dream and 
All of y'all were, I was in the middle, a sheaf of, of, of uh, grain, and all y'all were sheaves of grain, and y'all were bowing down to me. Well, he was happy, but hardly anybody else got happier that day. And uh, they, they mocked him, and it says they were envious of him, and they didn't like it at all. And then on a, if we get it down there, uh, then it happened again where the dream was a, a, a replica of that saying that he was in the middle of it and all the, all the brothers and sisters and his parents were, were looking to him. It's a strange dream. You couldn't know the end of it. It was a mystery that has to be unfolded, has to be solved. And so later on then, when they were all the older brothers, all of them were older than Joseph except Benjamin, it says that they saw him afar off coming and they said, uh, they said, behold, this dreamer cometh. So every day that you get up, the devil ought to say about you, uh-oh, the dreamer's up. I'm serious. Every day when you get up, the dreamer, all of hell says, oh, she's up. She's up. Okay, everybody pull back. We don't want to get the whacking we got the other day. Behold, the dreamer cometh. So what does that mean? It means that, that Joseph had taken on an identity that wasn't based on being five foot ten and being brown-headed and dark-eyed or whatever that he was. He had become known by the image that he carried. The image dominated his life and then began to dominate who he was, his identity. You and I, by default, are always known by our image. Not so much that if you're tall or short, because just about everybody's tall or short. Is that right? Yeah. They're, 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 some are prettier than others, but, you know, don't say that about some girl that's got a husband, because he, he thinks she's pretty, so don't say, that's ugly as a mud fence. You... It's subjective. So our lives, this is kind of etherical, but our lives are reflecting exactly like a mirror, a mirror, a mirror. We expect an exact image out of a mirror. We, we, this isn't something that's enhanced so that we see something better than is or, or less. It's an exact image. If we believed something, this is powerful. If we believed the image inside was an exact reflection of who we are, we might be shocked. Because we all tend to, to uh, judge others by what they do and judge ourselves by our good intentions instead of who we really are. It's like I see you and you, you, you're bad news, but... Look, fortunately, I'm here and I can help fix you. Cause, so my life, now this is going to be a little hard to take. So just judge it. I don't know. I don't, certainly don't care. But what if, what if that my life, your life, was an exact reflection of the image inside? What if we weren't better than what was really going on inside? What if our sense about prosperity that we think, my God supplies all my need, I have all sufficiency, he became poor that I might through his poverty become rich. We believe that's who I am. But when in fact, 
who we really are is exactly the image that we have inside and our life is reflecting that. What if we say I have all sufficiency in all things and somehow was accosted with the truth that we don't really believe that? We're on the road. We're down the road. We're, we're traveling that way. And that's our goal. And that's the that's the end of it. But really, I'm not there yet. There could be lack, shortage, need, late. You know, sometimes you get your bills paid, but they're 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 on the edge of that uh, pay by date or something like that. What if that was really who we were and we weren't what we thought we were? We were who we were. I don't want to muddle this up, but I'm, I'm, I want us to take a reality check because right now we have a chance in this next year to go in with truth and know what to do. Know what to do. It's like, I thought I was there, but I'm not there. Obviously, I'm not there. I'm dealing with this, dealing with that. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of this and I'm nervous about that. And so really, I don't have the handle on that I thought. Because where I've come from, I'm so much further down the road than that. Praise God, yes. But I'm, I'm not there yet. What's, what's there? There is I have all sufficiency in all things and I'm abounding, abounding to every good work. That's the finish line. But I hadn't got there yet. But because I think about the finish line, I think I'm there. But in fact, I need some improvement. I need some giddy up. I need to enhance the image that's inside of me. Don't want to hurt feelings, but I, we ought to tell the truth because the truth we know sets us free and we want to be free. I don't, I don't want to be deceived. I want to know. I'm going. It's good. It's better than it's ever been, but I can't slow down now. I've got to keep on doing this process of looking and listening, meditating and brooding, Choosing and speaking, possessing and resting. I cannot lay that down and say, yeah, mastered that, got that, it's done. It's not done. So what we've chosen to say in, the, in our heart of hearts is that the word isn't really literal because we don't see it in our lives. All sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work. You know, that's kind of that's imagery and, you know, exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. That's you know, that's kind of metaphorical or whatever. Well, actually, it's true. We just hadn't got there yet. It's not God that's metaphorical. It's me. This will give you something to think about. So I wrote this down because when you, when you think of that, you, you think, let's sum it up. The sum of it is, is the image that we carry of ourselves. Listen, the image that we carry of ourselves is the sum of expectation. My image has set the back door of where I can go. In other words, I'm expecting to have a little pushback in my money. I'm expecting to have some aches and pains, some grunts and groans, and some symptoms come up and, and take a pill for this and take a shot for that. I'm expecting that. I mean, we would never say it, but if that's in there, if we've ever seen ourselves like somebody that we've seen in a hospital bed recovering, if we've ever seen that and said, I hope I don't ever go there, uh, that I hope gives a, a, a reservation, a hesitancy to say, I don't really believe I couldn't go there. And we talked last Sunday about when you get into an airplane and it takes off 
that you could literally stand up and say, everybody be calm because this plane will land because I'm on it. They might throw stuff at you, but everybody's hoping you're right. It's like, go girl. <laughs> we, we want that to be true. Well, if you have that thing, if you have that thing where James Spann or somebody comes on and said, there's a squall line coming across Mississippi and it is tearing Jackson up and it's got Hattiesburg all wrangled up and it's going to Columbus and it's going to Alabama and it's coming to Tuscaloosa. It's, it's what you think right there. It's what you imagine right there that tells what's going on in there. The level of development, the level of expectation or possibility or use this word of faith. So we could measure our faith to say what I thought about when I heard that. You get a letter from the IRS and it says important on the outside. We finally caught up to you. <laughs> it wouldn't have that. But, uh, you know, what what do you think with that letter? Uh, you got a letter from the IRS today, sir. It's marked important. So what what is the what is the rush that comes up? Bless God, a refund. <laughs> They did, my, they did my stuff and found money for me. That's, that's what would be ultimate. That's all sufficiency in all things. Not that making a mistake and having to owe some taxes, but, you know, are y'all getting this? It's, uh, it's reflective. All of this stuff is reflective. We already know the, the Ten Commandments of faith, the Ten Commandments of, of love. We, we, we all got the basic stuff down. We're all plotted. We're not committing adultery. We're not cheating and stealing. We're, we're on. But it's the, the little stuff, the, the details of attitude that separates us from the wicked, from, the, from the, the casual observer that separates us, that moves us towards the mark of his high calling, moves us toward having excellence, moves us towards winning our race instead of just being a competitor. I want to win in the financial realm. I want to experience all sufficiency in all things. I do. I, I want to be that, that paymaster it talks about in Romans 12. I want to inhabit that. I want to embrace that. I want to be saturated with that. I, I'm not just trying to get a beach condo or to get a, 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 a whatever people get. I'm not even trying to say, imply that it's not good. I'm just saying that's not what I'm after after. It could happen along the way, but I'm after these things that the word would have mastery in my life. And so I'm having to work on it all the time. And I've been ministering this for 42 years, and you'd think I'd be on it. You'd think I'd have this nailed, but it's, it's, uh, it's elusive in some ways because you, we have thought patterns and we have interventions, meteor showers, as it were, that come into our life and interrupt our orbit. orbit. So we have looked and meditated, and we have chosen what we want and what we are. We, we have spoken, and we have possessed and we try to rest we try to rest in our faith try to say got that i'm done with that that's it but when we sit down to rest something starts getting inside and saying you know that wasn't all god had for you in that that wasn't the end of it that good boy good boy you 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 did better than ever but that wasn't the end of it so you really find that you can't rest that, that you have to get back up and get back in the race we get a victory and we go, whoo, whoo, finally, I, I landed. And it's like, no, I didn't. We just got to get up and go again. Uh, 
So I believe, this is subjective, but I believe that the image that's inside of us, this just, this just dropped on me, is actually a picture of our faith. Faith has an expectation, doesn't it? Faith is actually a history. Faith, faith is past tense. Faith is, is not telling you what's coming. Faith's telling you what's already come. Now that's a big, that's a big, big statement right there. Faith has nothing to do with the future. Well, when, when I get healed or when I get this money or when I get out of debt, that's my faith. No, it's, faith says, I'm out of debt. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I am healed. I've, this thing attached itself to me, but I, the word whipped it. Past tense. It's a history. Say history. You got to know that if it's not history, if it hadn't already happened, if there's something that you can talk about yet to say this is coming or this is going to happen, it's not faith, it's hope. So this image inside, Joseph possessed it and he didn't know what it meant, but he got a mastery attitude. He said, my life is already set. I'm going to be over this or over that, but it's I'm, I'm going to be different because of the image that he embraced inside. Well, this right here is better than a dream that you could get from heaven. This is better. You go, I wish God would give me a dream. He did. You just pick it out. There's uh, how many pages are in here? Uh, there's a thousand. There's a bunch. There's 1,100 pages in this one counting the maps. We got lots of dreams to embrace, don't we? Hallelujah. So the whole world... Because they're dealing, they're, they're pitching to the world. The whole world is saying, invest in this, buy this, or uh, take these vitamins, or whatever they're telling you to have a better life. But the Word tells us, although there's nothing wrong with any of that, that the, the only way to change my future is to change the image inside of me. Because it is, it is the fence it is the fence line that I can't get out of. If I don't move the fence, I'm inside the fence. There's no jumping over. There's no way around. There's no Uncle Jack that's going to leave me a bunch of money. There's no lotto. There's no miracle cure that's going to come and save me, uh, you know, or whatever. That's not the answer, but that's the world's avenue of, of expectation. But our expectation is it's, it's the same as everybody's. But it's no more and cannot exceed the image of who I am in Christ Jesus inside of me. I'm the healed, the whole, and the healthy. I'm the full, supplied, and the wealthy. And that's the end of it. It's not when and it's not as or, or if. That's the end of it according to the Word of God. And I am moving, I'm moving my image as, as fast as I can. Some of it's pretty locked down. Y'all know about them locked down parts? If someone told you when you was growing up, you'll never amount to anything. I mean, you, you, you got to set that thing on fire and burn it to the ground because it's talking all the time about what mama said or daddy said or whatever. And you have to deal with it because you go, well, how come I'm saddled with that? Because we all have a story. We all have a story about about how life done us wrong. Life is the story of what has been done wrong. Jesus is the story of what's been done right. So the good news is, <laughs> the bad news is wrong. And so we got to get off the 
bad news and start looking at the good news. The good news is, is who I am in here. It's not an event. It's not someone coming into my life. It's not inventing something. It's not a lucky turn or a advantageous course or, or daddy's gone. when daddy's gone, I'll get an inheritance or whatever. It's none of those things. You can have all those things without any of those things, or you can have all those things and have none of those things. Doggone if daddy didn't finally go see Jesus and left it to your sister-in-law or somebody. And there you are. You put all your faith on that. And there wasn't anything there. But in the Lord Jesus, everything's there. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. Listen to this. It says in the Amplified. Just see if this doesn't speak to us out of the Old Testament. You shall also decide and decree a thing. You shall also decide... And decree. So that's kind of in that faith thing we talked about, where you choose and then you speak. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. Say for me. For yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. In other words, once you get the image inside, all of heaven, all of heaven begins to come down to bear on the image inside of you. To bring that image to pass. It can't help it. It's not sidelined. It's not delayed. All of heaven is assigned to bring the dream, the image, the picture of you inside fulfilling the calling and assignment on your life and nothing else. God's not bringing hard times. God's not trying to show you something by withholding something or putting something on you that makes you feel bad and humble you so you can receive more of God. That is all junk mess. That's trash talk. That's trash. God's got good for you. It is the goodness of God that leads us to change. Not his stuff. Second Corinthians 8, 9. Would you turn there with me? Second Corinthians 8, 9. I, I'm assuming... 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 has got little flowers all around it and uh, little uh, stickers. This is, this is your money. This is the covenant of grace that's been outlined for you and me. This is how it is. It's not different. It won't be different than what it is in chapter 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians. It's the whole of it. And this verse in, in uh, let's just read in... Uh, Let's see if we can go there. Well, we'll just say in chapter 8, verse 9, this is the covenant promise. This is God speaking to you about what is always yours. It's, this is in your DNA. This is in the fiber of your being. This is the law. It's chiseled like we have stuff chiseled into the Supreme Court, whatever that thing is over there, whatever. This is chiseled into you. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes, he became poor. The word is impoverished. That ye through his indigency might be made rich. This is the exchange. Like we have the exchange on the cross where Jesus died for our sins. He became what we were so that we could become what he was. The, the divine exchange. The, he identified with us so that we could identify with him. This is that verse concerning the covenant of wealth, of supply. He became poor, which is what we were, so that we would become who he was, which is amazingly and unmeasurably wealthy. 
well, you know, you know, this means this in the Greek, and that means that in the Greek, and who knows if a little Bohemian language got in there and slipped around or whatever, and so we discount it. And when you discount it, that, that, that keeps that image inside the same as if you didn't know that verse. If you mock the word, you'll have what the word mocked would bring to you. When I say mock, when you discount it and say, well, that's what some say, but I believe. That's what you'll have, is what you believe. And it won't exceed that. And you'll always, no matter what good deals you have, no matter what good fortune falls on you, it'll always revert back to what you believe. So in verse, uh, uh, in the Amplified, it says, though, though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor. <laughs> uh, little adjectives here. In order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. I like abundantly supplied. You know, 16 Cadillacs in the garage, that, that, that doesn't speak to me. It doesn't speak to you either. But abundantly supplied, that what's in my heart to do, to have, to be, to say, the audience that I want to be in to affect people, I want that supplied. I don't want to have to drop back and say, well, we're going to have to borrow some of that. We're going to have to draw out of this. We're going to have to use this. We're going to have to, we're going to hesitate here. I like to just go in saying, that is already done. I'm abundantly supplied. Let's say that together. I'm abundantly supplied. Now, that's the truth. But the truth may be past the image that inside of you and me, because we don't have an image of us in the truth necessarily. But we're working on it. We're chipping out unbelief. We're chipping out God wants you poor. He wants you holy, and, ho and holy is poor. That's, that's the old doctrine. Little cabin, don't want nothing from God, just if somehow a little cabin over there, I'll be satisfied. Well, that's not heaven's version of us at all. You go, well, that's how I feel comfortable. That's good, because that's how it'll be for you. Make yourself at home in the little cabin on the, on the other side. But the word says we'll be in mansions, whatever that word really means. It does mean well taken care of, however you describe mansions. Hallelujah. So I've got a job, and my job is, is to create an image. Most powerful, E.O. Cole said it's the most powerful thing you can do. And I've got to destroy an image. And I'm actively, in my own personal life, I'm actively pulling down strongholds of, of poverty and lack, of I can't, or not now. Or it's not time concerning money. If you ever let that have place in your life, then it will never leave your life. If you ever say, well, it's just obviously not time for that. It's just, you know, what you're saying is we don't have it. So it must not be time. Maybe it's time, but we didn't put the image of I'll be supplied when the time comes. And so they don't match up. And so we miss our rendezvous. We miss our connection. And we're not there with the finances we need, and so we fail. Well, whose fault is that? Well, it's God's, of course. Maybe not. Maybe he put the word in us, and we went to sleep, or we slid around and didn't believe it, whatever. And we didn't, we didn't change the image so that we would be ready at the time when that rendezvous came, when that, that assignment in our life was, came. We weren't there. We weren't ready. We had an old, well, I don't know.
You know, just a little, little cabin on the other side. It'll kill you. Now you will go to heaven. There's nothing here that's negotiating that. Nothing. We're going to heaven. But there's a rewards over there of well done, thou good and faithful. And I just, I, if the Lord's mentioning rewards, they must be worth mentioning. So I'm brooding. I'm vibrating. Y'all ever seen me vibrate? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm agitated about my present condition. Well, you know, you just have to expect that when, with what you're doing in, in the church and who you are and all that. You're a preacher and you just can't expect those things to work like a businessman. I defy that all the time. What do you, what do you define? Do you think you've got to be a, a, a big business person and control a corporation? Then you got the yeah buts. And I have none of them. I mean, I do, but I'm, I'm denying all of them. Money's coming to me. Men are looking for me, chasing me down, pursuing me to give me good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. They're looking for me. And I'm not surprised when they, give it, they hand me something. It's just like, well, that's who I am. Romans 12. We got just a minute more. Let's look in Romans 12. Let's just, let's just, this may be the last time I get to talk about this for a while. So let's just look at, we call this uh, the motivational gifts in chapter 12 in Romans. Uh, it says in verse 6, having gifts differing according to the grace that's giving. And it, it lists these gifts. Prophecy and uh, ministry, teaching, exhorting. Verse 8 says, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Well, that's a financial thing, he that giveth. So it's not talking about just regular giving. We are all sowing. We're all reaping. But it's talking about an unction or a, 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 an endowment. It calls it here a grace. We call it a paymaster. Someone, you've seen them, they just, whatever they touch turns to gold. They just, they just have an intuition. They have a, an understanding. Put your money here. Don't touch that. And you go, well, that looks good. And this, I, and they know. They, it always turns out. It's a, it's, a, it's a grace. And I want that grace, not because I don't want the others. I want all of them. Y'all want all of them? Boy, that was weak. Okay. Let me let, go back to Genesis chapter one. We're going to start over. <laughs> of course, you want all the graces. You don't have to just have one or three. The Lord had all of them. But anyway, it says in Romans in the Amplified, it says he who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. Oh, liberality. They asked Brother Hagin said, what is the greatest character attribute that a man or woman can have. Gosh, there's a million. He said generosity. He said, if you're generous, everything else works. So when I heard that, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to focus in and I'm going to be generous. The Passion Version says, prosper in your generosity without fanfare. So it's not one of those people that's going around making the big deal. They're just quietly funding everything in the kingdom. And God's doing it through them. So you have to go through some things. I think you have to go through some personal things where you take your hands off of everything. Or you just say, Lord, I want to do it for you. I don't, nobody has to know my name ever. 
And if, if when I get money, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to go do that. Money will not affect me appreciably except to be ready for the kingdom. And you have to make some promises like that, some things that says, I'm not buying a, a 90-foot yacht when I get a million dollars. You go, well, that's crazy, of course. I'm telling you, of course, a lot of people have. They go a year or two, but that much money without having an image inside of who you are, a paymaster, it'll corrupt you. It'll corrupt you every time. Turn with me to Romans 8. You're right there, so just slip back. Go west a page or two to Romans 8.31. I like this verse. I'm talking about the image that we have inside of us. I'm talking about who you really are. You are the legal attribute. You have all sufficiency in all things. You abound to every good work. You've been made rich because he through his poverty made you rich. That's the legal limits. But the, the vital limits is whatever you believe inside. It's whatever you believe inside. Well, I don't know if we're all going to go to heaven. You know, God's got his ways. Well, then you've got limits and you're, you're going to be on the line. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. How about y'all? This is just like, well, of course. Well, what if you could know things in the financial, in the healing, in the ministry realm, like you know the new birth? What if you, you're, we're uncompromised in the new birth? That's where we say yes. We're uncompromised. There is no doubt. There's no scenario. There's nothing that we could contrive or listen to that would knock you and out of going to heaven. There's nothing. We are bought out. And so how do we get that way? Well, if you're like me, you're raised in a Baptist church and you heard it every Sunday in spades. Everything was about the new birth. Everything was about getting saved and everything was about the 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 advocacy of, of, of heaven working in your behalf to get you there. We didn't hear nothing else. But we did hear that. Well, praise God, we heard that. So now let's build on the other things at the level of the new birth. Let's get that like we've got this other. So Romans 8 verse 31 says, uh, oh, I like this. What shall we then say to these things? Read it with me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, it's rhetorical, but it's true. Then he said, he that spareth not his own son, the ultimate, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, here's a rhetorical, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Settled, settled, settled. The, the wealth, the supply, the funding problem is solved with this verse. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? All things what? All things as a son, as a daughter. It took the servant thing out. It took the works thing out. Well, you know, we got we to gotta earn this stuff. God expects you to work for what you got. No, no. How can we, how can we deny if he, if he gave us Jesus that things are so much less than that, they're automatic. If you don't believe that, then really you don't know if Jesus was enough. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I'm telling you, he's just so good. I mean, we just, what we do is just, just keep on going to the end of this and we just run out of time to talk about how good he is. We never run out of how good he is. So, another rhetorical, if I am what I believe that I am, if, if my life is an exact reflection of the image that I have inside, I have no more prosperity than what I've seen inside. 
doesn't mean that God assigned me to this, this level of wealth. It just means that's all I've been able to muster concerning his promises. If I don't see myself, if I don't have more health than what I am, then that means I've just not got a true reflection of his word. I see myself like I am. So if that's the case, and it is, then I have chosen the image that I am. You go, nobody would choose it. Well, if we don't choose to upgrade it, then we've settled. Have we settled? Have we settled for who we are? Good enough. If you don't have a motivation to be a paymaster, if you don't have a motivation to have a healing ministry that you all day long, everywhere you go, be healed, be healed, be healed. If you don't see that, then good enough. Oh, so it's up to me to upgrade my image all the time, every time. And so the word of God has offered, here's an offer, to paint Jesus, to paint the son and daughters of God on the inside of me. The word has offered that. All sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work. By his stripes ye were healed. I mean, it's offered to say, this is the ultimate, this is the fence line, this is the end, but you'll never get past it. It's everything. Exceeding abundantly above what you could ask, think, or imagine. So if I don't have that painted on the inside, I must have locked the door at some point or another. I must have been paying attention like uh, Melissa was talking about this morning. I must have weights and sins in my life that I'm wrestling with. Well, I did this. And, well, I thought about that, and I'm wrestling with that instead of just confessing it as sin, dealing with it, getting it out of the way, and then moving forward. So you got to be ruthless. you got to be mean to yourself in a sense. you gotta, you got to say, no, we will not do that. We will not think on that. We will not entertain that, and we will not be with the people that want us to. That's ruthless. Well, you're going to wreck my social life. Yep. But it's, it's always your call and my call whether to eat the word of God that nourishes who I really am according to the ultimate or to just snack along and just be who I've chosen to be, good enough, whose own self bear our own sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye will. So how often do you have to think about that? Well, I know that. I can, I can quote it. Doesn't mean a thing about the image inside, does it? So we have to break it down. The Amplified says he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die and cease to exist to sin. Boy, there's a big bump. That we might die and cease to exist to sin and live to, to righteousness by his wounds you were healed. Now, Curry Blake will tell you only one thing took away sickness and it's his stripes, it's wounds. Nothing else. I mean, eat good if you can and take a vitamin if you want to and, and work out. Do, do 200 sit-ups, you big boastful thing. I'll do two. <laughs> I can do two, Garland. I can do two. <laughs> Little ones. Do what you want. I mean, everybody's choosing what they want to do. Everybody's got their own time, their own life, their own energy, their own goals. So do what you want to. And but you cannot you cannot you cannot game the system. It is what you put into it and it is no more.
So if you don't want to put in by his stripes, you were healed from a hundred different versions and angles and the Hebrew and the Greek and the whatever. The passion says he, he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sins and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Oh, when's the last time we heard that? That's something to meditate on, to brood over, to vibrate, to 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 marinate, to whatever we'd say. That you could get that in, you could spend, a, you could put that on a card and you could look at it for a week on your mirror, in your car. Or you could put it on a tape machine and just play it over and over and over until at the end of the week, the end of the month, something had changed in here. Bless God, I'm not taking this crud. We would say our, my instant healing flowed from his wounding and it would change you. It's not enough by knowing up here. We know up here. We know we have mental assent. We know the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. We know the facts. But it's this image downside that we've got to change. The TCN says his bruising was your healing. You sure it wasn't something else? You sure it wasn't good works? You sure it wasn't not having a propensity in my family that this, this comes and, you know, you, you got the genes and the, the... It was the suffering he bore which has healed you. So I've listed one, two, three, four, plus King James. Four different aspects that we just blurped out there. But what if you studied one of them all day long? I don't, but I could. And I am. I'm changing. Because I realize now it's not just like, God, could you help me out down here? There is a mercy. There is a, an override where the Lord, when he starts you out, it's his goodness that causes you to change. But if you don't just change, you don't just say, well, I got my healing off. I'm going to the races. We're going to the party. We're going to the whatever. Eventually, you have to get back to this, don't you? I mean, eventually, it's up to me. That's why it's harder or more difficult or more challenging to get people that have known the word for a long time to get them healed. It's, it's all inside them. It's not God. It's... So just listen to this, and then I'll quit. i got to quit. Uh, because we're going to let truth be our conviction. I want truth to be my conviction. In other words, I won't settle short of the truth. i got to find the truth, but if I find it, I can know it, and if I can know it, it'll set me free. So I, my conviction is my image, and my conviction is my faith. Now, you can think about that for a minute. My conviction is my faith. I have preferences. I prefer to be healed. I prefer for, for you to lay hands on me. I prefer to say, Lord, I believe I receive. I prefer to walk away healed. But my conviction is I'm not, I'm not settling for anything short of that. So greater is he that is in me than he that's than anyone in the world. Wow. What have you meditated that all day? What would fear do when they say a squall line's coming across Jackson, Mississippi and going east 55 miles an hour and it is a booger? Well, you hear that and you say, you know, we're east of Jackson. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, we've all kind of learned, I think, to step out the front door, the back door, the side door and point to the west. And say, okay, this is how it is, and this is how it's going to be, and it won't be different. 
And then you just lay into that storm that, that is inanimate. It's made up of wind and, and hot and cold and all. It has no, it has no mind or central nervous system, but it's something. It's a mountain. And so we step out there and we speak to it. And then what do we do? We go finish our burger. We go, go order a pizza. We go whatever. We, we don't, we don't get under the, well, we prayed, but we better get in the bathtub. I mean, they're, they're not to say that's, that's, that's not even, if that's where you are, that's where you ought to be. But there's a place to go where you just say, pass the ketchup, please. As he is, so am I in this world. We ought to listen to that occasionally. And then we would stop and then we would list on another sheet of paper as he is. What is he? He's fearless. He's all wisdom. He's not afraid. I mean, you just go in that and say, that's, how, that's who I am. That's, and list his attributes and then just put you a big arrow there and then put me. He always causes me to triumph. Sometimes, often, always, I am hidden in the secret place. I abide in the shelter of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I say... My God, in Him, in Him, in Him alone, I do trust. By His stripes I was and am healed. You could, you could knock that around out of your mouth hole and probably get some things done to your image. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall never want. I shall never want. I shall never want. If it's not there when I get there, I will bring it there. I will, I will create it and cause it to be there so that it'll be there the next time I settle down and go. I'm never offended, for I am accepted in the beloved. Y'all, we've got to get where we're never offended. Say what you will, but I'm in Him. I'm bought with a price. So are you talking about me? No, nah, there's no me. I'm in Him. There's no me. Just talk it up. Bring me in the fence and I'll, I'll, I'll repent of it. I'll apologize. But you can't hurt my feelings. I have all sufficiency in all things and I abound to every good work. I got a life full of good works. How about you? Because of Jesus, my Father freely gives me all things. Boy, you could, you could get way down the road on that one. Uh, it's the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. The Lord Jesus said that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my Father has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He hath, hath, H-A-T-H, hath. That means yesterday. Uh, uh, he has made me, he has raised me with him and made me sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated? I'm seated with him. How close? Right next to him. I'm a lap dog, actually. <laughs> My Lord became poor that I through his poverty lack indigency might be made rich beyond need. I have so much I can't spend it, I give it away. Whatever and always, I always bind on earth, and it is bound in heaven. You get the thought. You get the, you get the idea. You don't need somebody up here to spell it out. We're not third graders. You already knew all this. Actually, down here, down here, we already knew all this. We always knew that it wasn't up to God. Quit praying at the dinner table saying, God, I, I'm asking you to bless this, this food. 
Bless God, you bless it. I sanctify this food. According to his word and my faith, I declare what this food is. It is good only for me. I mean, so if you get that in, then everything becomes a me issue. I bind on earth. It's taken care of. He backs me up. Just like Pastor that we prayed for. I, I talked him into coming over here. You know, but he, he's, a, he's a good man. And he, he said, sure. And he sat right there. And she sat right next to him. And we, didn't, we did not dwaddle. We did not go on and on. We did not, oh, Lord. We just said, be healed. And then we spoke to her knees and said, likewise. So I called him this week and she said, I walked all over this Walmart, this Sam's Club. I walked all over this place. He said, the doctors threw me out and said, we don't need to do either of the things we said. It'll be one or the other. So once you get that in you, you hear the testimony of it. You're emboldened. It's like if he did it once, maybe I hadn't. Maybe there's more in the ca- the cash. He might do it again. And then you go do it again. And then you go, I'm unstoppable. You believe what's in. So, Lord, we thank you today for the image inside of us. The hope inside of us is Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in me. Christ in me is my total, total life. It's he's in me. He's not looking down. He's not looking around. He's not far away. He's in me. And greater is he that is in us than everything else. So we change today. We we make a commitment in our heart. And we say this week we will we will enunciate this again. So it's just not hype and emotion. We say, I will change. I will change the image in me and I will do it faster than what I've been doing. I will do it better than what I've been doing. I will be at my next faith appointment. I will be ready and on time in Jesus' name. Woohoo!